Welcome back to the Marvin Massa Podcast. This is episode six and part two of my interview with Nicholas Morgan. Now, let's pick back up where we left off in the last episode. And there has to be on accountability software. I would say encourage people to just put that sort of stuff so you can track what you know kids are watching. So you're going to put yeah. your kids under accountability software? I would have to, yeah. It's... It would not be something I would necessarily want to do, but it's something that I feel is necessary. A lot of kids are on the internet almost 24-7. And looking up who knows what, yeah, at what times of the night, and and just opening doors. It would also be good to just set restrictions on just how much time they can spend, period. Yeah. You know, cut off like certain hours, like they shouldn't be up that late anyway. Absolutely. No, I agree. Um, Raquel and I my wife and I now, um, one of the things that we want to do is once we are like really established in our own home at a certain time, us included, we're just putting all devices at the front door, kind of like how you take your shoes off at the door, take your jacket off, whatever you have a hook for it. There's going to be like a device area where when we're home, it's quality time without our phones, without our devices. Obviously if we need to use the computer or anything like that for school or I mean, typing up a paper in ministry, that's it. That's permissible. But um, that's the culture that we want to set, at least phone-wise. Like, it's okay for us to um, to use the Xbox together and use technology. That's not the, the motive in the heart. It's more of the device and the phone. Like, we want to make sure we're, we don't have that in our house, in our hands, taking away from quality time from each other, as well as that's the culture that we want to set for our kids. Yeah, no, definitely. It's... Um... Especially, especially concerning children, they will consistently go to that one thing that gives them a dopamine or a serotonin rush or whatever, and they will consistently seek that out because it keeps giving them a good feeling. If you don't set a restriction, they're just going to go overboard with it. I mean, concerning parental stuff, it's like, especially when we get into uh, topics concerning material like media, it's like we don't want to scare anyone away from trying out like some new stuff or like watching some stuff that they're not familiar with. It's just, it takes a lot of discernment, but there's also some really good stuff out there. Stuff that you might not have heard of that could have some really good, um, not just like entertainment value, but maybe even spiritual value too. It just, you really, really, really got to examine it and just be really careful. So how would you examine it without, opening a door like how do you do that now that's thankfully we have well yeah it it gets difficult especially in like concerning like opening a door to that sort of certain thing uh um thankfully there's a lot of there's a lot of like review sites that will often really evaluate the content before you're before you have to see it we have a lot of sites that a lot of Christian sites and a lot of parental sites that say, okay, here's the content, here's specific references to like where this specific uh, buzzword applies here in this scene. Here's where it appears here in this time code and whatnot. So thankfully we have those resources. Of course, if you're one of those people and you have to be in that position to discover that sort of stuff, then that's... There's definitely yeah. a, sp- a special gifting and anointing yeah. for that. I don't know if I'd personally be called to do that. I Actually, I know I wouldn't be called to do that, um, to review stuff for other Christians. Like, 
let me just watch this movie and make sure it's not heinous. So the rest of the Christian body in the church are like, nah. But, um, you know, it gets me thinking, well, one, I want to, I want to shine light to our non-Christians right now Mm. because they're probably thinking, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of rules. Like it's all about what you watch and what you don't watch. It's honestly not even about that. Um, I want to just dive into that a little bit. That was just what was on my heart to, to talk about regarding this. Cause they're probably like, man, this podcast sucks. Like it's all about rules, all about anime and not watching anime and restricting stuff on your kids. I would say to the non-Christian or, or I mean, those that are new to the faith, even that are trying to establish boundaries. One God calls us to be set apart, to not be like the world, to not look like the world, act like the world, behave like the world. So it's, there's that level of, okay, I need to make sure I'm guarding myself. But also too, the, the more that you get plugged in to the church, the more that you serve God, the more that you grow in relationship with him. When you're touched by God and when you have God's peace and when you have God's hand on your life and he's moving through you and you feel his power, his presence, um, you see him using you to encourage people, to help people, to set people free. There's nothing more that you want other than experiencing God on your life, in your life, through your life, um, in any shape, way possible. And so when we set restrictions, it's not even about setting restrictions. It's more about boundaries so that we can continue to feel and experience God through us and in our lives. Because the last thing, as Christians, as soon as you become a Christian, you you have the Holy Spirit. And at that point, you have this internal compass, this internal GPS that says, hey, you shouldn't do that. And you feel it that much more. Or you don't feel it. or And, and you just have this internal... Yeah, compass and GPS. That's constantly telling you, "Hey, you shouldn't do this. Hey, you should. You should do that. You're you're good for that. You're good for this. No, you shouldn't do that." So on and so forth. And when you dabble in certain things, the conviction and lack of peace from from God and from the Holy Spirit trumps everything and every any and everything that you could do. Um, and so you want to, as Christians, to our non-believers or new Christians we try to fight as much as possible to maintain integrity, to maintain character, to maintain um, being an open vessel to be used by God, and also to make sure us personally are are living right, are feeling, feeling at peace, because I don't like walking around if I'm not at peace. I don't like doing things if I'm not at peace about it. I'm not just going to open the door. And then the, uh, the, the spiritual aspect to it, too, is like the demonic, the satanic the um the other doors that are associated with certain anime or certain just certain things content music i mean it could go it could go everywhere like there are certain things that you don't want the door opened to in your life because then it dilutes the sobriety of your thinking the sobriety of your spirit the the pureness the the sensitivity to the holy spirit it's I'm trying to like in in a spark notes type of way s- summarize it but I just felt to share that cuz for some they they're probably listening to this like wow this is boring 
you guys suck. Christians are boring. And it's, it's, I, if you get touched by God and when you get touched by God and you really experience Jesus, the son of God, the resurrected King, the Lord of Lords, like there's nothing that you want more other than to feel his presence to be in his presence, to be used by him. Like when you're really touched by him and you really have an encounter with God, that's what you fight for at, at the end of the day. It's, it's in you and you can't shake and you can't run it, run from it. So I just want to share that if you, you can add to that too, if you want to. Yeah, no, honestly, you're prone to get more excited. Honestly, you're prone to actually get a lot more out of life. If you're walking with God, if you're, if you're not, you're just, you're just chasing after dopamine release and chasing after highs within there. It, once you're just constantly in the throes of just being in that constant pursuit of material things, you're actually prone to get more bored as you continually get exposed to that thing that once gave you a good feeling, but gives you diminishing returns every single time you experience it. And you just, and at some point you will get stuck in a rut. Then you'll feel that boredom and you'll try to move on to the next thing until those, that next thing category just eventually runs out. And then you wonder why you took this round in the first place. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not squares. We love anime. We have a we have some shows that are very close to our heart. So we're definitely not knocking the genre. It's just, but there are definitely I think at least most of us can agree, Christian or non Christian, there are some shows that no one should watch. Absolutely. Yeah, and. How can I put this? At this stage of my life, and in this season of my life, being in full-time ministry, knowing I'm called to pastor, knowing I'm called to do other things for God, everything I do has to be under the submission and the acknowledgement and the peace of the Holy Spirit to do whatever it is that I'm wanting to do or doing in general. And so if I am watching any show, anime or not the holy i'm tuned into the holy spirit and asking holy spirit is this okay for me to watch is it going to taint me because the holy spirit knows god's plan for my life way better than i know my plan and so the holy spirit's here to help us here to assist us here to serve us and i would be doing the holy spirit and jesus's sacrifice to send the holy spirit and injustice if i'm if i'm not listening to the holy spirit so i i for me anime or not again it's i'm filtering everything through the holy spirit and there are times too where um like my wife and i we will we'll watch something on netflix um we'll we'll get like a few minutes into it and then we'll both just not feel at peace about it and be like okay we're turning this off and going into it it wasn't we didn't feel or sense anything but then something was probably said, something was probably done in the show or the movie or whatever. And we were like, yeah, this isn't going to edify us. This isn't going to build us up. This isn't going to do anything for us. This is a waste of time. We're not going to, we're not going to watch this. So yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to add that in there. Oh yeah. Cool. Anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If if we were to talk more specifically about anime, um, if I want to bring it back to Full Metal Alchemist again, um, definitely as a new viewer, going into it, like seeing a show, Full Metal Alchemist, finishing it, okay, where do I go next? I type in Full Metal Alchemist again, like, what? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, what is this? 
Oh, this is a reboot? I don't want to watch the same story again, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, there, there was definitely a problem with a lot of shows getting produced. They were, this will blend into the manga category just a little bit, where show will just run out of material. They'll get into filler, or they'll just completely veer off into the left path and just go in crazy directions that don't really have any forethought going into it. Mm-hmm. That unfortunately happens a bit with Full Metal Alchemist, the first series. Brotherhood definitely has the benefit of hindsight once just all the material is done, and it creates a smoother product. And other shows have done this. Um, anyone who's also watched like uh, Blue Exorcist also experienced this. There was a second series that got released later that was definitely more... Uh, akin to the source material. Um, I mean, we've definitely had like experience where, where like a shonen, a long-running shonen, will just go into a filler arc or filler sections and really just elongate battle sections because they just want to pad out time for more material yeah. to get released. And for those unfamiliar yeah. with like the term filler, all filler means is fluff of shows. Stuff that isn't part of the main story, stuff that doesn't add to anything. There's no character development. It's literally just a random side mission, side story of irrelevancy that is there to keep people watching, to stay somehow connected to the show without progressing the plot and the the development. So, I mean, there are some fillers that filler arcs in certain shows that are definitely good, but. Yeah, we could do without filler. Yeah, no, man, like Goku's been fighting Cell for like 20 episodes now. What's going yeah. on here? Why are there seven side missions in this one battle for this one thing? And then backstory sections. Yeah. Just the backstory flashes. It's like, I don't care. I don't know this person. <laughs> yeah. This, does, this doesn't contribute at all to the One thing in anime that always happens is before someone dies, the flashback happens. Yeah, exactly. They do their whole story. They want you to feel every single part of their story from when they were born to how they were abused to how they turned into the villain to the good guy to the bad guy leads every every point of their life until they die, before they die. Right. It's like it's a telegraph for the plot. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, I, do, I understand what you're doing and I hate it. Yeah. Um, there was one show in particular, um, A Comic Got Kill. Yep. where there was um have you seen it i read the manga so i i watched the show i have not read the manga i've heard the manga is better but i can't attest to that um but a problem with the show was they would just way too easily telegraph if this character gets a backstory if it's revealed he's going to die he or she is going to die and it's not as if I have a problem with characters dying in a show. I mean, fairy tale could have used that in spades, like <laughs> a lot more. But you just, if you watch enough anime, you'll see the cliches, you'll see the tropes, and how a story is written. And especially if it's way too, if it's repeated way too much, then you just you you are brought out of it as a viewer. The viewer doesn't want to feel like he's watching a show. He wants to feel like he's part of the story, just experiencing it. And the more and more you see the mechanical elements of a story in play, you're brought out of the experience and then you become a critic. And then it just, you don't feel a closeness to the show anymore. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I don't like anything telegraphed like that. That's actually unrelated to anime. That's like one of my favorite I don't want to say genres, but types of movies or show 
things that I can't, things that cannot be telegraphed, things that catch me off guard, things that throw plots, sort of throw stuff out there like Black Mirror, mm. um, Shutter Island, Inception, um, what's that? Uh, Twilight Zone, mm. like all of these shows. There's like predictability is zero, and you're kind of just at the edge of your seat watching and and like you were saying trying to experience it as a viewer and not as a critique and as someone who has some background in like video and and photography and editing and things like that it's really annoying when i like take a seat step back and i'm just looking at the camera angles like oh wow this look at this movie oh this is how they shot this this is how they shot that and i'm not looking at it and watching the 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 story develop or the show develop i'm bored that i'm looking at, at oh this is probably how they shot this sh- this shot how they filmed this scene oh they color corrected this really cool and i kind of just tune out mentally yeah you can definitely get some appreciation with knowing the craft and that can definitely get into your enjoyment of it if you recognize like wow that's a really good shot absolutely yep but if that's all that it is then it just becomes a very mechanical very cold experience one really good shot that is coming to mind um the Revenant, hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio. Are you familiar? Yeah, I watched, watched it. it. The shot where he's getting attacked. Oh, actually, for those who might not be watching <laughs> or have seen this movie, um, this is the movie that Leo got his first Grammy or first uh, award, right? Not his Grammy. Not his, his Grammy. Oscar. It's Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> not his Grammy. <laughs> wrong. Uh, wrong award. Yeah, his Oscar. His first Oscar. Yeah, way too delayed, I would say. Uh, I mean, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's the GOAT. Anyways, um, but yeah, Revenant. That was when he got his first Oscar. And yeah, the, the the scene where it's just the one continuous shot and it's like a wide angle lens probably. And, and they just have this like top, bottom down, looking up to him view the entire time during the scene. I won't spoil it, but yeah, that scene was amazing. I took a step out. Still enjoyed it, still understood the craft, but was still in the movie like, wow, this is an amazing shot. This is one ongoing shot, or at least they made it look like um, one continuous shot. So I appreciate stuff like that. Yeah, and it definitely gets easier to produce those sort of scenes, especially if it's an animated product versus a live action product. Like something for The Revenant, that takes a lot of skill and a lot of patience. Yeah. But with animation, you can. You can do just about anything. Um, which is definitely something something that I like to say to those who haven't gotten into uh, cartoons, anime, or whatnot, and just watch live action stuff. There's a whole world of imagination that can be unlocked if you can just draw it, rather than having to like have an actual body, an actual prop, and an actual set to have to work with. Yeah, no, I agree. I forget what movie it, it was. I remember someone told me. I think it's a a movie that recently came out, but. The whole movie is one continuous shot, at least. Actually, it was one of the war movies that recently came out. 1917. Yes. I haven't seen it yet, but I've been told that that whole movie is one continuous shot. Now, um, I have seen it. Okay. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it for anyone listening. Um, Yeah, there's definitely more and more exposure to World War I that especially those of us in America need to be exposed to. Um, It's 10. It looks like a continuous shot. But it's a lot of clever editing that really hides a lot of the cuts. Okay, okay. But it's it's buttery smooth. The it whole is a, movie. It is so it's like start to finish. Movie. It looks like one oh, continuous yeah. shot though. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate stuff like that. So like even if the story sucks, 
I think because I have at least a little bit of, of an understanding and background to editing, color correction, shot, videography in general, I can appreciate and kind of like be sucked into a sucky movie if <laughs> cinemat- cinematography is really good. So, yeah, I guess uh, that's enough of anime. Now, <laughs> manga, I mean, it's basically the same topic, just yeah, different, so different form. I think for me, um, not to cut you off or like, get in the way of you talking about manga, but I appreciate manga more than anime because, and this is like from a reader's perspective too, not just manga. And for the, for those unfamiliar manga is anime, but it's just the illustrated comic. So anime studios or animation studios will usually take the manga and animate it. That's really it. They take those scenes, they take the comic strips and they use that as their, their their skeleton and they just add the voice actors they add the color they add add all that but the reason why i like manga more and reading more um in general is because as much as animation studios do an amazing and phenomenal job nobody can touch the imagination that you have inside you like the god-given innate and imagination that he's given us to dream, to visualize, to voice act, to do all those things. And I remember um, I was reading the, what was it? The My Hero Academia manga. And this was before it kind of blew up, before the anime blew up. But I was watching or reading the manga and I was reading it and I was getting so excited. I was just in my room by myself. This is when I was in the military just reading the manga, reading the, reading the physical copy, not even like the online PDF or like bootleg version that you can get for free, but reading the manga. And um, I mean, you feel cool too because you're reading it right to left and you're reading it like Japanese people or Japanese culture would read from right to left. So you're reading it right to left. And, and just even that experience is cool too. And having a physical book is and also uh, another reason why I would choose it. Because it's tangible, it's physical, you can hold it. There's another level of sensory... um, Tactile involvement. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, But yeah, so as I was reading that manga, I was getting so excited for certain scenes, so excited for the plot being built. And although they give you what the characters look like and what they're saying, that's all it is. It's just... It's just frames and that's it. So your imagination and what you can think fills in the rest. And I don't think God, I don't think any animation can do what you can do for yourself through your imagination for the experience of reading manga. And I think too, um, reading books, just text, text, fiction, sci-fi, whatever, reading books, um, helps exercise that imagination too. And it can't be touched. And I was never a a person that was scholarly growing up. I hated reading. Not that I hated reading. I just couldn't keep myself um, sitting in a certain place or I was, it was probably like ADHD or something like that where I couldn't sit still. I couldn't focus. And I was just reading the same line over and over and over again of the book growing up. But now, now that I'm, you know, older and, um, just experience more life having to read in college, having to read in the military. 
and and then just recreationally breed there's nothing that that can really touch that your experience of reading your experience of beginning to create what is being said and written in the book so i just wanted i want i wanted to lead with that for manga and then you could you can go from there oh i can absolutely add to that um it's especially with um just Im- just imagination and how it affects the brain you have to exercise more of your muscle just in fact doing with less like the most you can do with like reading is to have something in no illustrations comics will then give you a visual reference for certain things but you still get to exercise it because especially because when you're reading text bubbles inside of your head you might actually insert a voice like coming from you from your own imagination like this is what this character sounds like in my head this makes the most sense based on the words that are being said and how he's carrying himself and how he's illustrated his body type and whatnot um if you watch the anime for it then suddenly you have a voice it's provided for you you don't have a choice there less of your imagination is um able to be utilized because Apparently now there is a definitive way for this character to be voiced. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't imagine that his voice would sound like that, or her voice, or whatnot. Um, there, there's an analogy that comes to mind, um, especially concerning American comics. Um, Bill Watterson, the author for Calvin and Hobbes, just flat out said, for his work, I never want this to be adapted. And one of the major reasons was a lot of readers will invent their own voice for how Calvin talks. Um, he, in fact, often readers have commented, Calvin honestly doesn't even sound like a child. But if you imagine that sort of thing adapted, Calvin would have a child's voice, probably. Or maybe an adult's voice inside of his own head. But then you have a definitive factor that is chosen for you rather than something you choose yourself. Yeah. As opposed to something like Peanuts, where Peanuts has been adapted multiple times. Yeah. And suddenly you have a voice for these characters now that might even run contrary to what your own head canon will give. Yeah. Um, and it definitely adds value, especially with manga, some stuff that hasn't been adapted yet or flat out just won't be adapted because it might not be popular in, in cultural space or might have certain topics that people don't want to touch. Yeah. Um, there, there's value to just getting into the manga in of itself. If nothing else, you'll get the full experience of the story that you like, undiluted of production schedules inside of animation and it's it's faster too like if you want to see a story progress like i could i think on average i could read a like one manga in like an hour hour and a half and that in animation form one manga is like sometimes half a season to a full season and that's crazy to think about like that animation studios will take two or three chapters of a manga make that one episode and then kind of just I think too there's there's a lucrative factor to it um of let's take this really really popular and amazing manga stretch it out for as long as we can let the texts and the conversations or yeah let the conversations that happen on two pages last 5 minutes or it's just like a character standing still and a character in front of them and then just the, it's just there's no animation just it's panning and they're just talking, and all you're seeing is they they're animated their mouths. But yeah, it's it's faster. Yeah. It's not that you need to read it fast, but if you want something to develop, 
And if you want to get ahead in any anime, really, that's adapted from the manga, you can you could skip ahead and just read. Conversely, you can take something at your own pace, especially if something is illustrated in a certain way. Um, if you're watching an anime, the pace is chosen for you. As you made an example, it may not be bad pacing necessarily for the adaptation, but it's something that's almost completely out of your control. You might miss certain details like something in the peripheral shot, just like some reference or something that might be important later, or maybe not. Maybe it's just beautiful backdrop or whatnot. You get less of an appreciation for that, or you might have to pause and then the pacing is immediately broken just to make reference to that. But if you're reading, then you get to experience it at your own pace slower or faster, depending on how, how much you want. Um, there are certain artists and illustrators that will just give beautiful illustrations, and you might just want to take the time to just look at it. And you're robbed of that in a way just with the anime that honestly can't give all the details that an artist will just devote into a single frame. It's, um, And I would not necessarily recommend this anime to watch, but Berserk, um, the artist for that, some of the most beautiful stencils, the most beautiful illustrations, just in even just in black and white, I honestly would prefer to see in black and white and not see it colored. Because you get... There's so much opportunity to see like shading and just dynamics in the background and just there's so much that an artist can do and express from his own heart that gets diluted in an adaptation yeah. or even in an anime that doesn't have like a manga going for it, something that's just produced independently. It's still a team product that's beautiful in of itself, but it's a different sort of beauty that an individual just comes up like from himself. Yeah. And, and I think too, uh, cause we're kind of man manga fanboy right now. There are animes that are now carried because or there are animes that are now carrying manga because of the animation and a good, I'd say a great, great example of that is demon slayer. Mm -hmm. The demon slayer manga, at least when I saw the manga and read the manga, parts of it, not all of it, but to me, I was like, oh, this animation is kind of weird. This this manga is kind of weird. Like, it's not that great. But then you watch the anime and then you watch, like, the movies. There, there are some things that I can appreciate now that, at least from when we were growing up and watching anime from, like, the 90s, early 2000s, how anime has developed now and, like, the fight scenes and the animation scenes, like the new Dragon Ball Broly movie. I don't know if you've watched that, but the there is a fight scene there where late 90s, early 2000s, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z fight scenes, like it's with them as they're teleporting around, fighting all over the place. So that, that was really cool just to bring it back to that. But yeah, manga. Yeah, no. Um, no, there's definitely... Actually, kind of going along with that, just with the, um, the amount of time that has elapsed... Uh, Anime is still a rather relatively young art form, especially in the West, as the West has recognized it. I mean, but even with Japan, it is still fairly young. It's definitely, like, not as widely... Its importance is not as widely recognized as, like, true literature, quote-unquote. Um, there's still so much that the genre, like, can do. Um, 
we uh, talked about like the uh, golden age of shonen, especially like um like late nineties to like early two thousands, which we had a lot of shows there. Um, I'm going to reference Chainsaw Man. Okay. In this in this whole thing, um, we definitely got a huge influx of shows, especially like coming off of the heels of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, especially where we had a lot of shows that wanted to copy that formula. Yeah. In, especially in the shonen genre. And I think, in my opinion, a lot of people kind of got sick of it after a bit, just like seeing the repetition of formula. And that's in some ways why I think deconstructionist, like literature, like deconstructionist manga and stories and whatnot are becoming more popular, coming off of the heels of a whole generation, like getting sick of the same thing regurgitated. Now we have things that reference the formula directly and kind of like turn some like concepts on its head. We're definitely in a a different generation now where different products are being made with direct reference to what we experienced before. This is a thing that appeals directly to people who have been in this market for a while now. Yeah. I would say for those listening, I don't recommend Chainsaw Man. It's spiritually just perverse. Yes, it is. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Marvin Massa podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and part two of my interview with Nicholas Morgan. Stay tuned for part three as we continue our interview and tackle various topics. In the meantime, please share the podcast. Please let other people know about the podcast. And until next time, see ya.